you're listening to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast, joined by your usual hosts, uh, Josh Hartley and Ben Porter. Are you going back to the, the usual ah, but this is, but, but this is being released before the episode with Bez. So it's just going to mess with people's heads. You've, you've, you've messed with the timeline. Oh, spoilers! We have to... Damn it. There's only one thing we have to do. We have to go back. Okay. We have to... <laughs> Hello guys, you're listening to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You're joined by me, Josh Hartley, and my uh, co-host Ben Porter. Ben, how are you doing? Doing good. Um, we've we've been stuck in the house. Yeah, uh, in the past few days. Been a been a bit of snow in li- Glasgow. Uh, to to quote yourself, a light dusting. Uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> I have not seen snow like this in the UK. Now. It's been like because I, w- I was reading there's some places outside just outside Glasgow that got nearly half a meter. Yep. And I, our American listeners are probably thinking, ah, that's nothing. Yeah. Well, to us Brits, yeah, that's pretty nasty. So our 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 government um, has no preventative measures in place for snow. So when we get anything more than a light dusting, it causes chaos. Yeah. So I I haven't been able to get into work for a couple of days. We just got into the office today as of this recording. Uh, And, well, I mean, the office was chaos as well because, you know, we've had a day. Yeah, we've had a day and a half where we have that nothing's been done. Um, You haven't been working. No, I well, I was working at the beginning of the week before mm-hmm. this all hit. Uh, had you know, was supposed to be doing admin this week. Couldn't even do that no. because all the wholesalers are shut, so I can't get prices. Mm-hmm. And Sh- Charlotte couldn't get into work either, so you know there was only one thing for it: board games. Play games! Hey. Yay! Yeah. Um, before we get onto that, though, we've got a little bit of housekeeping. Yeah. Um, we had our competition finish last weekend. We did. This is our second giveaway. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, Dylan Wyatt, uh, you are the lucky uh, recipient of a copy of Shade Spire. So that is winging its way to you right now, actually. I believe uh, it, has I believe been it has been dispatched. So give us a shout when uh, when you get that and post us the photos and everything. But congratulations, Dylan Wyatt, uh, from America as well. Yep, uh, Indiana, I believe. Mm-hmm. So um, he 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 will be one of the listeners who's thinking, "Yeah, that's nothing." When we're to, when we're moaning about a, a meager half meter of snow. Yeah, a meager half meter. He he he's probably disgusted. Yeah, that we're moaning about that. <laughs> I mean, hopefully the fact that we're giving him free stuff will... Mitigate that. Mitigate it to some degree. Yeah. To some degree. I I hope so. Yes. But, so, while we've been stuck uh, in the snow, uh, what have we been playing then? Well, we we mentioned in the last episode that we've been playing Pandemic Legacy. So we played a few more instalments of that. Mm. Uh, And I I bought uh, Sushi Go Party... Yes, at Glasgow Games Festival, mm-hmm. uh, the tail end of last year, and we finally gave that a go. Yes, and I, I, I already really like Sushi Go. Mm-hmm. Sushi Go Party is is just amazing. Really good. Uh, it kind of what exactly what you want from a sequel 
to a board game, right? Yeah. They uh, kept the core mechanics, so it's true to the original. They've just added extra bits of complexity, which is fine. That's what you want. But it's all bolt-on. It's really clever design, actually. I, I think in terms of slickness and design, it mm. trumps Fog of Love. Yeah. And the thing that got Charlotte most excited was the insert. Yeah. The box insert was but, a thing of beauty. But this is what's really clever. So the 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 you have a board now which you didn't have mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Um and round the outside you have a scoring track mm-hmm. which is actually the conveyor belt like you get in, in most sushi restaurants. And what are the counters, Ben? The counters are soy bottles. It's just brilliant. It, it is. Simply simply marvellous. And in the centre portion of the board you have uh, like a box for appetizer, main course, dessert. Your menu, yeah. And it's the menu, and what you do is, you you have little cards mm-hmm. that you sit into those things, and they are prompts that tell you what you score from each yeah component in mm-hmm. the game. It's it, it it's this is how you build the deck mm-hmm. that you're going to play with, and you can swap these things in and out, and the little cards that you use on the menu have the names of each card at the top so you can use them As a to tab. index all of your cards in the box. My God, it's brilliant. Um, we had to remind Charlotte that the the game uh, was not organising everything no. and that it was, in fact, playing the game. Yeah. Uh, but we, we really enjoyed uh, Sushi Go. Probably a good palate cleanser after uh, Pandemic Legacy. Yeah. And I think we, we're starting to get different opinions on... Pandemic Legacy. So, I love it. But at the same time, I, I I think I maybe foresaw this slightly because you you love the base game mm-hmm. Pandemic. Yes. Whereas for me, I'm like, it's alright. Yeah. But I think it's maybe because it's a bit too no frills for me. Mm-hmm. I think that's maybe why I'm not as enthusiastic about Pandemic as other people. How do you mean? Like, uh, the, what, the setting? Or? It's just like real life. Yeah, but that's why it's that's wait, why wait, it's good. Where's the escapism? It's not escapism. I know it's, it's horrible, the, horrible is, reality. This is why I hate Call of Duty because it's like playing the news. <laughs> I don't, I don't, playing the news is probably more horrifying than any like film or like fantasy setting, right? Possibly, yeah. Uh, yeah. How's that for your deep thought for, yeah. the, for the evening? Um, got got all the listeners (laughs) feeling suicidal thanks for that Josh but I mean just to pick up on the the Call of Duty Mm. comment I don't hate Pandemic no I think it's okay yeah I'm just not as enthusiastic about it as other people Mm -hmm. are I think it's it's a very clever piece of game design I do however think that it lends itself better to the legacy format Yes, we were saying this last yeah. time, uh, and we we do like the uh, the way that um, every decision it feels like it matters, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, but I think your issue with uh, pandemic legacy is sort of the sort of seesaw between like winning and losing. Yeah, I I don't. So the for for anyone that doesn't know that that this isn't a spoiler. Um, whenever you you successfully complete 
uh, an episode. They, they, they call them months, but mm-hmm. they're, they're episodes. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you complete an episode successfully in, in Pandemic Legacy, uh, you the you take away two funded events. Funded events being like bonus cards that are in the deck that help yeah. you. You know, it can be something like move a pawn anywhere on the board. Like a perk, yeah. really. Yeah. 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 So obviously having less of them makes the game harder. And if you start losing, you gain two and makes it easier. So it, it's a clever mechanic to to have the, the level of challenge scale mm. to the ability of the player. I just feel that the way that it's been done is a little bit ham-fisted. Because, I, to to use your phrase, I, I feel as though we're seesawing mm-hmm. between two quite um, divergent yeah. difficulty levels. Like when we have the four funded events, mm-hmm. you know we're able to to manage things pretty well, and then they take two away when we succeed, and then we tank, and yeah. it feels as though we're we're swinging a lot between those two. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes for quite a tedious experience, to be honest. Yeah. I think that might be because we played a lot of it in a relatively short space of time though. We got That's through, true. we got through four games in yeah. two days. I don't I don't think it's designed to be played intensively, no. in fairness to them. But it it's just something that I've noticed and, mm-hmm. and to to bring a sense of balance to that statement, a lot of people are gonna play multiple sessions on the trot. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it, you you can uh, to to me that's not an excuse that oh it's not designed no, to be played no. like that. No, um, I I I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't. In, I wasn't trying to present it as an excuse. It was no, just no, like a but I, fact. but it, it's the kind of excuse you can imagine a designer yeah uh, trying to pass off, and it's like well, you know, you 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 have incentivized mm-hmm. uh, the game towards people playing multiple sessions in a row yeah. because people want to know what they're going to get next month. Yes, that's true. That's true. You've got the opening boxes. She's probably the most excited I get all game. Yeah. But, um, I, I mean, what one thing that I have noted, though, I think uh, the degree to how much you enjoy Pandemic can also depend on the degree to which you are okay with losing. Because you lose a lot when you play Pandemic, and when you lose, so like when you lose a lot, some people can get very frustrated. And certainly by the time we finished that fourth game, and we lost a couple of games on the trot, yeah, I could, I, I, I had a sense from both you and Charlotte, like, okay, this is enough for now. <laughs> I, I mean, I do play a lot of quite hard. Um, hard games where it's the the players versus mm. the deck or the players versus the the computer so so losing doesn't really bother me mm-hmm. um i i quite like an element of challenge and i quite like games that set a problem mm-hmm. for the players and they have to work together to solve that mm-hmm. um for, for me the frustration doesn't arise from the losing it it arises from that monotonous pace yeah as a result of the what what i believe is quite um poorly skilled okay uh sliding difficulty fair i mean i'm i'm still really enjoying it oh no i'm I'm still enjoying it but it's um it it's it's just something that 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 bothers me but 
I guess I should maybe talk about some of the things that I like about the game to bring us into balance. I mean, you can yeah. do. Yeah, um, I like the scar system. Mm. Yes, uh, where you know where you um, your characters can your characters can be upgraded throughout the course of the campaign, but they can also uh, get downgraded by mm. bad events happening to them. So sc- scars aren't necessarily like a, a, a physical defect. Um, sometimes it's trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, you, you, without spoiling too much, there's a scar that basically stops uh, your character from entering certain cities. Yeah. Um, you you can take two scars. Um, if you take a third, that character dies. Yeah. So it it it's um it's emphasizing that that sense of um that there's something at stake here. Yes. When your characters can die. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not too brutal. Where if something bad happens to them, they're dead. That's yeah. it. You do you do have a bit of a chance to, and then and then you know for for people that are that way inclined, there's the the role playing element. Yeah. Well, one of my favourite moments throughout the whole thing that we've been playing is um, some of the sort of awkward decisions that you have to make. We had Charlotte just saying, "Guys, I don't mind being sacrificed if it means we win," but I'm still because I'm un- I'm uncomfortable with that. Even in a game, so I'm sat there racking my brain, just going, "No, there's got to be a way that we can do but both." It's, it, it's like the classic disaster movie dilemma. Yeah. It's like the bit in um, the bit in Armageddon, yeah, where it's like we know how to fix this, but someone has to stay behind to detonate it. Yep. And you're like shit. Yep. <laughs> we we know how we can solve this problem, but someone is probably going to die. In yep. order to do it, and that again, that's the the problem you can have with the base game of mm. Pandemic is that you can just lose, it and that's it. Whereas you form attachments to these characters, yeah. So you you find yourself like that that play with Charlotte. Mm. We would probably have done that in a normal game of Pandemic and mm. not batted an eyelid, but it wasn't. It wasn't uh, a regular character. That was no. the character that we've been playing for quite a while now. It wasn't just the quarantine specialist. Yeah. It was Rita Daniels. Yeah. It was our quarantine specialist. Exactly. So it's not just the player who gets attached to that character as well. It's everyone at the board. Yeah. And then it... Yeah. I just... I thought that was a cool... Like, an interesting moment. I, I don't think that's happened to me in a game before. Like that sort of horrible utilitarian decision making. I've like, I've had a bit of it seeing um like Warhammer campaigns. Yeah. Where if you've developed a character you form an attachment to them. Mm-hmm. You do sometimes find yourselves being maybe a bit more protective of certain characters than you should be. Mm-hmm. But and that that's something that that is present within Pandemic Legacy. Yeah. And it... I I will I will say I I like Pandemic. I'm aware of its faults, um, but I am quite interested to explore um, the the legacy format because mm. it's not a genre. It's a format. Yeah, I was I was going to bring this up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I, and the two I really want to look at next are Seafall and Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Gloomhaven for sure. Yeah. Like, if we can find a copy. Yeah. Or if if you want to play 
with us. Yes. And you're in the Glasgow area. <laughs> Give us a shout. Yeah. We'll play with you. Yeah. We'll play Gloomhaven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what I meant, Josh. Yeah. I know. I'm 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 clarifying. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, we were talking before we started recording. Then you know, we you were. Um, you are bothered by people treating legacy as a genre of board game. Yeah, because it's not. Okay. It's, do you want to, do you you want to elaborate? Right, so the, the analogy that I used is, well, to, to we, used, we used film mm-hmm. as an analogy. And it, it's a bit like if someone's, you say to someone, oh, I, I, I really, I'm, I'm really interested in cinema. I really like film, mm-hmm. and and the natural question is, okay, right, you know, what sort of genre? And then if that person goes, oh, uh, French, that's quite broad. <laughs> yeah, because you get you get French cartoons, you get French thrillers, you get French comedies. Mm-hmm. French is not a genre. Yeah, the French produce films. But it, you, you, I mean, you'll get some stupid shop somewhere where they'll have a French section. But mm-hmm. strictly speaking, it's it's not a genre, mm-hmm. and the the same is true of legacy games, mm-hmm. because you can have a fantasy legacy game, mm-hmm. and you can have, you know, like Pandemic, where it's a disaster legacy game. Yeah, I mean. The- I know what I know what you're saying, though. Um, but um, Pe- people will refer to it as a genre, but it's not. Yeah, I, 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 the the thing for me though is that there are certain common mechanics. That, so I can understand. I, I I agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I can understand why someone would define it as a genre. But the other one we talked about is kind of like that's definitely not a thing. Uh, uh, Euro games. Yeah, that's not a genre. Yeah. It, it's it's uh the you know the people pick up on this common thread of of games of European origin that generally speaking, like you said, they they they're not as confrontational as other games. Yeah. There's no direct. There is conflict. conflict well, yeah, every, there is conflict. Every game has to have conflict. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily people beating each other up. Those conflict. No. It's like a lot of. Uh, a lot of very good writers will tell you at the heart of every story is conflict. Mm-hmm. But conflict can be internal, can be mm-hmm. emotional. Yeah, It can be between two nations. It can be between two people in a relationship. It can be um, you just needing that one sheep in Catan to build that settlement and the other guy across has all the sheep in the world, yeah. but he won't. He won't trade with you. But, but we, Dick. we, we, we are we are creatures of conflict, mm-hmm. which is why we need conflict in our games for them to be interesting. Right. Because our, our emotions conflict, mm-hmm. our actions conflict. Mm-hmm. We we thrive upon conflict. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're getting into philosophy here. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oh God, no! Don't open that door. <laughs> keep keep that box shut. Um, but now, uh, so as you're saying though, so that that's how a lot of people commonly define Euro games. But you think that's too broad? No, because you you, you can have again, you can have uh, a Euro game about economics, mm-hmm. or you can have a Euro game about medieval warfare. Mm-hmm. 
So it's like, how how can you have things of such disparate genres all shoehorned into mm-hmm. this one thing? And it's like you can have Euro card games, you can have Euro worker placement games. It's okay. too it's too broad to say that that is a genre, and it's the same with legacy games. Mm-hmm. You could have a legacy card game where people just build a deck, yeah, and can add stickers to it and things like that. Mm-hmm. So to to say that legacy games all belong to this one genre, it's so how 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 do apply. how do we divvy up the genres of tabletop gaming? That is the big question. Then, do we go by the key mechanics of the game? I say key mechanics specifically because obviously games have lots of different mechanics. So, do we say right? Okay, it's a deck building game, or it's well, it's a bit like saying if a film's sh- uh, shot a certain way, yeah. they should all belong to this genre. Okay. So, like, yeah, we go, what, deck-building game, uh, worker placement, or, um, I don't know, trading or and do you, haggling. Or do you define them by theme? Well, because this is what... Yeah, this is what I was going to ask, because I think this this might be uh, telling us the, the different types of gamers we are, yeah. because I, to me, you definitely do not do it by theme at all. I, th- I, th- I think you're probably right, mm. because... It, like say for instance you took um you know the sci-fi mm-hmm. as the definition that then means within that bracket you've got terraforming mars and warhammer 40k yeah which are very different i mean the the to uh, the the example i thought of in my head is arkham horror and um oh it's uh, elder sign yeah Oh, they're very different. Arkham Horror is a huge game. It takes hours. It's exactly the same theme. Yeah. Uh, whereas Elder Sign is just yeah rolling dice. Yeah. Uh, very different games. I think you do define them with by genre, um, and the by key like the key mechanic. The key yeah. mechanics. The problem is, uh, some people are are trying to use Euro as mm. a key mechanic. That's too vague. Yeah. Because, for example, Settlers of Catan, you would say I would describe that as a trading game, yeah. right? With with territory control yeah. as well, and, and similar to like um, you know having legacy as a genre mm. that's too vague, yeah. Because uh, you know pe- people obviously enjoy this this um, this legacy format because I, mm-hmm. I I would say it's a format as opposed right. to um, an actual genre. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see it in more games. I mean, they, they've already said that they're planning to release uh, Betrayal Legacy. Yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> and but I dare say Betrayal's going to be very different to Seafall or Pandemic mm-hmm. Legacy. I really wonder how uh, the Betrayal Legacy is going to work. Is it the same Betrayer then? You set the Betrayer right at the start and then it's a sort of campaign. I, I, I have no know, idea. But I... I, I I would definitely say it's going to be far more story driven yeah. because Betrayal at House on the Hill is a fundamentally story driven game. Yeah. Um, and people hate and love that game mm-hmm. for that very reason. Um, but they, uh, um, we actually had a bit of a conversation with uh, one of our listeners, uh, Kevin Ogilvy, mm-hmm. um, because in our last episode we. We mentioned that um, 
legacy games are essentially campaigns mm-hmm. with a few extra bells and whistles. But uh, Kevin uh, disagreed with that mm-hmm. because he felt that um, with a campaign, um, you know, you're just getting new items and things that go on to your next game. Yeah. Whereas um, he he felt that legacy games do a, a bit more than that. Which I think is a fair criticism, if that's your perspective of a campaign. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, we're playing a campaign right now mm-hmm. that pretty much plays like a legacy game. Yeah. Um, like, we're down to the fact that we are putting stickers on a board. Yeah. And uh, the, the other thing is, I think, with... Um, with camp like you know with like the war the war gaming campaigns that you can play you get out of it what you put into it mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not just about the the gaming side of it for i mean you yourself you do loads of painting and you'll write little bits of fiction about so, yeah, the, so, about your army so as i suppose well. that's maybe one of the if you know if you are differentiating that's maybe one of the differences with legacy games mm-hmm. that you have Everything you need for that game in mm-hmm. there, in the box, ready to go. Whereas, as you say, with a campaign, more often than not, you get handed a template. Mm-hmm. It's um, a bit more open-ended. And, and it's up to the players how much they, they want to invest into that. But the reason that I brought that up um, was was actually, although he disagreed, was to lend a bit of strength to my argument about um, legacy being a format as opposed mm-hmm. to a genre. You, you you wouldn't say campaign as a genre. No, that's true. No, yeah, that's and, a, that's a very good point. <laughs> and and they at least do have that in common. Yeah, in that they are an overarching story with each episode mm-hmm. having consequences leading directly into the following. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's rant over. <laughs> rant over, people. That's yeah. the rant done. Yeah, we can we can move on now. No, I th- it's it's interesting though, isn't it? Like the sort of, and uh, I suppose ultimately the conclusion we can come to is slapping genres on things is probably disingenuous anyway, because you know Monopoly's a trading game, and that's very different yeah. from Settlers of Catan or Chinatown. Uh, you know, so. It, uh, do we need the labels? I don't know. I it's probably I, th- I think I think like you'd said earlier when mm. we were talking about this beforehand. I I think that it's useful as a marketing tool. Yeah. But I think that that's the extent mm. of where it needs to exist. Yeah. Because, I mean, what one of the things that um a, a lot of uh, commentators are saying about board games is that we need to move away from having a linear scoring system mm-hmm. because that is an injustice to the games. Yeah. To try and sum a game up in a number. Yeah. But why is it these same people still insist upon using very oversimplified genre labels? Yeah. Exactly. So, there we go. Uh, there's your food for thought for the weekend. Yeah. Um, but on a lighter note, just before we sign off, we're going to Aircon next weekend. For first official official unlucky frog appearance, isn't mm. it? 
in fact, uh, we, we're actually going to be taking part in uh, Polyhedron Collider's uh, on the couch, on the couch called, yeah. session. So we will be on the couch at some point. Yep. <laughs> at, at a section during the uh, during that. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, we're going to be there with camera and microphone in tow. Yep. We'll be floating about, um, I, I, yeah, loads of things that we're looking forward to. I think the um, <laughs> the giant game of Grabble yeah. that Bez is running it will, if nothing, it may, it, it, if not fun taking part, will definitely be something to witness. It'll be quite an impressive spectacle, yeah. if nothing else. Uh, and uh, yeah, load loads of uh, little tournaments being ran throughout the whole thing. Just looking forward to. A th- I think one of the things I always enjoy at these sorts of things is meeting the designers. Yeah. Um, see, seeing what's out there and also what is going to be out there shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's always quite an exciting experience. Yeah. Um, and it's always just great uh, uh, meeting people that you perhaps otherwise wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. I always think of them because uh, the, uh, the Magic the Gathering Grand Prix, which I've been to a couple to, have a similar feel to conventions. And it's kind of like a music festival, but just with nerds. Yeah. And you're indoors, and you're, which is even better. You don't have to compete with like a smelly tent. Yeah. Because you're 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 there with like-minded people. You're all there for the exact same thing. Mm. So there's always a great atmosphere at these things. Yeah. Um. I've never been to Harrogate before. Well, my friend, we're gonna go and have a cup of tea. I've I've been Yorkshire told, tea. I've been told it's posh Yorkshire, which to me, no offence meant to our, our our Yorkshire friends. That that sound that seems a bit of a contradiction. I never really thought of Yorkshire people as being posh. Yeah, Yorkshire can be posh. Yeah, uh, Wuthering Heights. That's set in Yorkshire. Yeah, that's like Regency. Could be modern day Yorkshire. Yeah. That that would be brilliant. <laughs> Someone needs to get on that. Yeah. Is that our next project? Yeah. We're gonna do a modern day retelling of Wuthering Heights. With Sandrak by Kate Bush. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's make it so. Make it so. Maybe we could do a bit of location scouting. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. There we go. So we'll we'll be locate, location scouting and uh, yeah, hopefully chatting to you wonderful people, the listener uh, as well. So if you see uh, if you see a couple of gents and uh, uh, Charlotte, uh, we will have our unlucky frog t-shirts yes, on, sporting it with pride. So we will be instantly identifiable, mm-hmm. and uh, just come up and say hello because uh, that'll be great. You know, <laughs> so so looking forward to it, and uh, hopefully catch up with some of you there. But uh, for now, uh, from Ben and I, have a good night, and we'll catch you next time. Stay safe. Hi guys, it's uh, Josh from the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast here. Thanks for listening to us, and now be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for the Unlucky Frog Gaming. Uh, you can also show your support for Unlucky Frog through Patreon. Be sure to check out our website www.unluckyfrog.com to find out more. Was that so hard? <laughs> <I'm>, look. <laughs>